before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. Oh, wow. I got a couple of brewskis in the system. Greg Whalen, Daniel and Cara Lighting, Kelby Goodman, Zach Duran, Aperba, Rock the Green, Paul Campanashi, Hanson Screen Printing, Lauren L., and Andy Herbrand. Thank you guys so much for supporting this podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. This is your weekly dose of the Dairy State. Uh, Yo! There was a gal feeling was, no. No, that was just the guy next to me. Quick trip. <laughs> <All> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me um, scooch right past you, dude. Yeah, let me just... Well, oh, um, we got a good one for you. We were going to be talking a little bit about uh, a, a topic that was actually brought to our attention uh, by a Patreon subscriber, Aperba, and uh, this is the New Hall House Hotel fire. I mean, we covered some other historic fires, yeah. I, and I've actually never heard of this one. I was pretty proud that you brought it to our attention. I mean, yeah. for me, I, I love Wisconsin history. I had never even heard of this one. Yeah, that's exactly the same uh, story on my end, too. I had, uh, As soon as she said it, she sent that link, and I was like, man... How did this go past our radar? You know, this I, is this is something that we, you know, we... It wasn't even in our list, our no. sell sheet, which is massive at this point. Yeah. But like, I was surprised. Definitely a, a shock, but uh, this is this is the exact reason that we ask you to send those suggestions, because there might be something that, that we don't even have on our radar, and it's necessary for you guys to bring that to our attention. Uh, and also, because the list that we have is so long... Uh, we may not get to a topic that you've been wanting to hear for yeah, years. Yeah, so we can bring it to the forefront. I we mean, can, when you got like two hundred things in there, we can bring yeah. it to the. We can bring it to the. Top. We can we can fast pass we that can bastard rise to the top, brother. Cream of the crop. <laughs> Match that ass. How did you get all that cream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the creamers just come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, mean jeans just sitting there. Like, where are these coming from, bud? Yeah. If you haven't <laughs> if you haven't had a chance, you got to go Google Macho Man Randy Savage cream rises to the top and it's probably one of the best wrestling promos ever cut mean gene is just shocked he's he's like where are these come from are you a magician Ramach? at one point he just laughs he's like what in the fuck is happening like one comes from his pocket he even know what's in there yeah he just pulls it out I of didn't fucking know he had jeans. pockets yeah it's crazy he's wearing a silk shirt he's like oh shit i had a pocket there i didn't even he's know. like i didn't even realize there was a pocket in there, there. Bud. now you fuck pulled a creamer out of my shirt you can make a coffee holy gosh shit. Um, we also have great Wisconsin music, uh, Uriah Storm, um, part of a band that we featured before, yeah, uh, Contact I, High. I mean, he's always kind of coming out with new stuff, and I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of kind of like, like 50s rockabilly, totally has a sound. I'm, I'm stoked to play this one, obviously. Yeah. So. He's, he's kind of like uh, got music just falling out of him, uh, like, uh, like that of Randy Newman. I mean, the, the songs just, just seem to, oh, here comes another one. It's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's cool. Like I love that he's producing like a lot of music here. I mean, yeah. especially from like you know our area where we grew up. Yeah, yeah, know? the Elkhorn, Delavan, Lake Geneva area. 
uh, always proud to see something cool come you, out of the when water you down When here. you produce creativity out of that area instead of just a whole bunch of dicks, I'm, like, happy for it, to be honest. Like, anything yeah. creative that comes out of our town. Anything that's creative and not just alcoholism. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, obviously, Elkhorn... I just Ec- turned that into, like, a way harder word than it needed to be. You know, Elkhorn does have a fine area of talent. Like, yeah. the smogies, I mean, like... Maybe not me, but I love engineering and I've created a yeah. lot of cool designs for the world. I mean, like Uriah with music, me and you with music. I mean, yeah. like there's a lot of creativity that comes from these small towns. Yeah. We got some cold ass winners. What else are you going to do? We'll play a guitar and sip some brewskis. And that's kind of where our podcast thing. started, though. Yeah. It's how it started. Exactly. And, and you know, uh, here we are. We're creative dudes. A hundred and, you know, almost 40 episodes into this thing. And, uh, you know, we just we just love uh, we love the ability to uh, highlight some of those things, uh, the music and also these topics. And uh, hopefully somebody is learning something out of it or gaining some sort of enjoyment. And, you know, if 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 for nothing else, at least you and I sit here and have a good a good time. So, <laughs> I mean, we try not to do too many of our inside jokes, but we really like try to like just do like funny kind of pop culture references. Well, and that's and, why know, we also like, tell you like. You know, hey, if you get a chance, Google the Randy Savage thing with the the cream rises to the top. Also, if you get a chance, check out the uh, old Mad TV skit with Randy Newman because you're going to love them all. And that's what we were talking about before where the songs just seem to fall out of Uriah. Um, th- that joke is, is kind of, a, you know, an inside thing between oh, Russ and I. Here comes another one. Um, Randy <laughs> Newman. talk about it. Who was that again that, that played Randy Newman in that? Oh, it was I don't a really even remember. good dude, but... Um, Mad TV was underrated back then. Oh, I mean, like, you know, it was funny because, like, we, we heard those songs, those Randy Newman songs, and, like, they got a lot of, actually, opposition at the time. Like, there was, like, a lot of people pushback, especially short people, which is supposed yeah. to be a joke. It is. But, it, like, it, people didn't take it that way because Randy Newman doesn't have a very, I guess, you know, I guess, like, me and Eric are sarcastic all the time. Yeah. Like, you can't really get that from him, you know? Right, and especially when you get such pop culture hits uh, from all of the Disney movies oh, yeah. uh, from Randy Newman. Basically, every Disney Pixar thing from the 90s was Randy Newman. Like, that dude just made music for those song, uh, for those movies. Yeah, the money train was totally in effect when Randy Newman gets involved. Yeah, so. when Randy Newman's involved... You know that the locomotive money train is heading down the tracks. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you get a chance, go check out those YouTube videos because I guarantee you're gonna you'll laugh at least. You'll you'll need at least a little bit of a chuckle on those. Um, but yeah, so music from uh, Uriah Storm and uh, hey, we've got a nice brew review uh, coming at you. I'm not I sure cannot exactly wait to what crack. we're doing. I can't wait to crack one of these bad boys. So they've been sitting staring at me, you know, and they're just, I just looking this- at you. So we record in batch. So I just had a twelve percenter, and now I need another one because this one just has me in a skyrocket. Yeah, you need something just to kind of calm down now. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Uh, we also have uh, another edition of how many locals you at <sighs> Jurassic Park, and uh, yeah, we do also have a great interview on the episode as well. We know it's the return. Long awaited. They're coming uh, back, brother. Yeah, we're trying to schedule some stuff here, and we got some good ones coming up. Dude. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, we've got a cool setup here. So uh, uh, stick uh, stick around, stay tuned, if you will. Uh, but for now, we're going to jump into uh, a little bit of uh, a, a blazy story. Let's hear about it. So this is the New Hall House Hotel fire. Uh, this tragedy took place 
January 10th, 1883. Uh, this was about 4 a.m. and It's a shitty time to have a fire. Well, because everybody's asleep. Some people are probably drunk, passed out. I mean... We're talking Wisconsin here, Milwaukee. Like, we're in talking January. 1883. Booze is still in effect. Randy Newman's still in effect. Randy Newman, money train. But, you know, like you said... Also January, man. Like it's a rough time to be outside. You're, you're, you're away from a fire. Your hotel catches fire. Uh, what do you do at four a.m. on January? You know, you, you, it's cold as hell outside. You know that. Um, you kind of just need to warm up in the in the blaze. Yeah, um, for sure. But uh, a passerby actually saw some flames, um, shooting from one of the uh, this you know Milwaukee landmarks uh, windows and stuff. And uh, this particular uh, uh, establishment was actually built by merchant Daniel Newhall, and that was in 1856, uh, as one of the nation's most magnificent hotels. Uh, the Newhall house was still fashionable, uh, though somewhat down at the heels. Um, so it, it's, it's a nice hotel. But it's not like the Ritz Carlton. Yeah, is what I mean, they're it, saying. and we're not talking about the fister here. We're not talking about the full fist, right? In. Not the full P fist. Okay. Um, so the Milwaukee Fire Department actually considered it uh, a tinderbox, uh, which essentially means this baby's just going to burn to She's the ground. She's ready to go. There is nothing you can possibly do to stop this thing. Um, and and they were actually just hardly surprised uh, when the fire was discovered. Um. So basically, we've got uh, uh, an article here that we're reading from the Wisconsin uh, History.org website here. And um, basically, uh, a person recalled, or the firefighter recalled, we saw the flames breaking through the roof as we left the station. And uh, by the time we reached the hotel, the building was like a flaming straw stack, Oof. which if, if you don't understand what that means... Straw is dry and extremely flam flammable. Once that thing lights up, it's over. Uh, there's no real uh, way to uh, stop that thing from going, especially if that flaming straw stack has a mountain of wood, dry wood to burn up and things like carpet that are just, and, and I'm sure materials back then were not like flame retardant. So you, oh, you, yeah. you've got things that are just ready to go blaze, man. Um, I honestly see this as like your cliche fire from a movie with his flames in the background. The woman's hanging out the window, waving her hands at the fire firemen waiting for them to get that ladder over to their window yep. before they burn up. Right. Totally what's going on here, actually. An actual, you know, tragedy. Um, the, the firefighter also recalled men and women could be seen at their windows shouting for help, screaming in despair. Exactly. That's what I just said. And, help! And help! That's the thing. The old school. We, we've seen that in uh, countless uh, cinema and films. But imagine this in real life. Uh, you Probably see, not a great time. You know, and, and for those that uh, were unfortunately involved in like the 9-11 attacks, we've seen some of those footages of individuals, you know, on like the 80th floor or whatever, just helpless, man. And that's the way I see it here. And it's not like this building's very tall. I think it's like six or seven stories. Um but even if you're on uh, that that uh, second to the top or the top floor, a, f a jump from there is also uh, going to be fatal. So yeah, for sure. you're sitting there with a flame at your back and, you know, a ground 100 feet below. What are you going to do? You know, desperate times call for desperate measures. If the firefighter only has ladder at, you know, your neighbor's door, I can I mean, you've stood a little too close to a bonfire, right? Your eyebrows you had, might go. You had the opportunity to walk away. 
there's nothing this person can do. Arm so, hair's burning, the smell of burned hair, yeah. which is like the worst smell in the so, world. So the fire broke out in the elevator shaft and uh, consequently raced upward through the entire building. Obviously, an elevator shaft is just a big, hollow cave that leads right up to every other floor. Terrible place for this thing to, to break out in. Um, and it raced all the way upward throughout the entire building before guests could escape. Uh, ladders of some firefighters actually got caught in the newfangled oh. electric lines uh, in the downtown and uh, never reached the building. So Thomas imagine Edison, you asshole. You shouldn't have made it. For you shitbag. Why'd you put the lines above the hotel? Tommy Edison, you fucking F up. <laughs> you screwed us here, bud. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that they didn't just, uh, you know, do away with electric at all in the city. Then. You know what? Like, I'm surprised, especially, you know, being a sixth floor, I'm surprised, you know, it's it's cheesy, but I'm surprised they didn't use, like, a uh, trampoline. Uh, yeah. They've used those in, the in like, a lot of the old... Look out they had the below! Old, they had the old firefighter trampolines. I'm surprised yeah. they really didn't bring those out in this situation because of the tight streets and everything. You know, you throw a couple mattresses out the window, too. Try to land on those, I guess. But Yeah. But, yeah, so some of these fire trucks, these fire engines... Couldn't even make it because the ladders got stuck. I mean, um, others could not reach the upper floors uh, because the ladders were just too short. Uh, many guests uh, trapped by the inferno behind them um, chose to leap to their deaths, which is what we just said. Um, one rescuer named Herman Strauss laid a ladder from one uh, upper window across an alley to an adjacent rooftop and made uh, repeated trips over uh, this basically makeshift bridge. That, American hero, dude. What a, yeah, what a brave soul. Absolutely. Uh, and he carried many unconscious uh, uh, servants uh, that had, had actually uh, became smoke inhalated and, and couldn't, they, I mean, they passed out, you know. Um, so, She's yeah. carrying dead weight. This guy's, this guy's a hero. tough bastard. Yeah, dude. This is a, a future Packer, probably, you know, a real brick house, a real shit brick house. <laughs> shit brick house, dude. <laughs> He'll take it down. Um, Rick Brockbone. Yeah, yeah. Beef Brock chest. Uh, some of the guests in there, uh, in attendance that night or, or, or who had hotel rooms that night, um, P.T. Barnum of the circus, um, General and Mrs. Tom Thumb. Uh, they were in the sixth floor. Very famous yeah. short people that were like in the circus at the time. Old Tom Thumb. Uh, and uh, a firefighter named O'Brien managed to get a ladder up to them uh, and, and holding the tiny couple under one arm and grasping the swaying ladder with uh, the other. So he's a real hero there, too. I mean, you're talking about two, like, what, 80-pound footballs underneath your arm? This guy yeah. should have been a Packer. This guy definitely should have been a football player. Man. Um. Miss, missed opportunities for Wisconsin very, here too. Very know? crazy. Uh, you know, th thank uh, thank all of the brave individuals who uh, who were there to assist in saving as many as they did. Um, similar acts of bravery actually saved many guests. Uh, the hotel register was destroyed, so it is not definitely known uh, how many people were even uh, there uh, at the New Hall House Hotel. Um, at least 76 Jeez, bodies were pulled from the charred insane. remains. So a lot of people perished in this thing. Um, and then uh, some estimated that up to 90 people had actually perished. Uh, it remained the most deadly hotel fire in U.S. history for a lot of decades. Which, which, which is nuts because, like, if you look at some of the pictures of the old hotel innards, like, it's a pretty nice hotel. Like, maybe not barely. your, maybe not your Fister, but it's like up there in scale. I mean, well, that's why I said, you know, it's, I mean, it's they wouldn't allow me in there. No, 
I mean, well, unless you're carrying someone's bags or some shit. Yeah. Parking their horse. Or something, or parking their shit. Parking their horse. Otherwise, I'm not allowed in this thing. Could you bring your horse with you to your room? I don't know. Hell yeah. Probably wouldn't want to. Mr. Ed, come on up, bud. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is this Sir, stuff going on? we could smell horse shit in your room. We know that they're in there. <laughs> yeah. So... Obviously, you know we're having we're having fun. Uh, this is a terrible tragedy that uh, took place. I, I'm uh, just surprised I've actually Milwaukee. never heard of this one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because like, especially being like looking in Milwaukee history books and stuff. And one of really the cool. most you know tragic fires in U.S. history, uh, most deadly fires in U.S. history for decades. We in, it completely you know uh, somehow disguised itself and evaded our uh, our our list. And I'm 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 thankful uh, that. Aperba was able to bring this to our attention because it is a, um, it, it's a crazy story. It's uh, a, one of those really tragic uh, historical events that unfortunately uh, scars the uh, the history of Milwaukee and Wisconsin altogether. But uh, the other thing you can pull out of this uh, and take from it is the the bravery, uh, the the sheer, you know, humanitarian uh, thought that hey my brother or my sister is, is right there and I want to save them. You know, they're dealing with this exact same tragedy as me. Uh, those individuals are uh, of a whole different kind and it's great that, that they exist. And also the firefighters who, uh, made their best attempt to try to put this thing out, tried to make it downtown with enough, enough equipment to be able to get to these people. Um, obviously many more probably could have perished, uh, in this fire, but luckily, you know, we, uh, uh, we were able to, to salvage, uh, Mr. Tom thumb and Mrs. Tom thumb there of the PT Barnum circus. And you know, what's crazy, crazy is like, this was one of the first fully wired electrical buildings at the time in the late 1880s, which is why they had issues because of the fire lines, the, the electric lines going in there for the elevator, especially cause that's where that, that broke yeah, out. And yeah. I mean, it was like one of the, one of the first in Milwaukee to be fully wired. And actually some of the photographs are some of the first ones that were ever taken of a fully illuminated lobby interior. Right? Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty, in, which yeah. is pretty impressive without, you know, candles or firelight. The the one picture that they have here uh, is of the uh, rotunda there in the uh, the Newhall House, and it's uh, dated eighteen eighty one. And and as Russ pointed out, really cool that it's one of the first electrically lit rotundas, uh, basically in the area. And yeah, so this picture, of course, would have been this shocking thing to be able to print in like a newspaper or something, and people would see this and be like, holy moly, what is that? They trapped lightning in a glass ball beer. But yeah, just pretty impressive. And you know, like at the time, things were always like coal, coal in the basement is probably like a coal burner heating the entire place. And, you know, because of like some of the materials used at the time, it's like like the firefight, like the fire department said, it's just a a waiting to happen kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly a tinderbox is what they were saying, you know. And uh, so... Unfortunately, you know, these are topics that we we have to discuss because it's part of that history. Um, but we're, we're thankful for all the individuals that uh, that did help and, and, you know, risk their own safety in order to get people out and save as many as they could. All right. Now on to our Wisconsin music segment. We've got a, a another one for you today. Again, uh, like we said, this is a, 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 
a solo artist from a band that we featured earlier called Contact High. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Uriah Storm's kind of been doing his own writing and his own stuff. And uh, obviously, I, I'm a huge fan. I really like kind of the rockabilly sound, kind of that 50s rock and roll sound. And with like a little hints of influence of like ska. And obviously, you're getting that like upstroke guitar, which I, I've always been a fan of. Yeah. And you're kind of getting that old-timey drum beat patterns that I really like. Obviously, like Beach Boys-ish, I would say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, great music. Uh, this guy's got a great personality. He's yeah, really he's talented. a really cool guy, too. I he's mean, a really cool we, guy. We've always known him from, like, kind of our local scene. Like, yeah, skateboard were, punk kind of stuff. Yeah, there weren't very many, like, I, I don't want to be this way, but there weren't very many creative individuals from where yeah. we were from. And, like, he was one of those people that had that creative, in, like, ability. And you could pick him out, like, you know... You, some some people you're like oh yeah he's he's kind of cool but like this guy you saw him he was wearing the vans he was wearing the patched jacket with you know his favorite bands on there this kid you know he just he he had it and he was like you know somebody that you wanted to talk to because you knew he was probably gonna create music and probably do some cool stuff and uh that's you know that's one thing i remember about him from uh you know, the, the, the old days there in Elkhorn. For any of you gamers out there, if you guys play Fallout, he totally would have been a member of the Adam Cats. Like, that's totally who he is, man. He's like... It's above my head. Like, Hot Rodders, freaking, like, 50s music, uh, Greaser. Like, I love that Hell stuff, yeah. man. It's always been my my cup of tea. Like, I love yeah. Hot Rods. I love cars. Rat Obviously, I don't like cars right now, to be honest no, with you. Yeah, I got no. some issues going on. But, uh, again, yeah, Uriah, <laughs> Uriah man, I, I, I'm really proud of this music, and I, I'm glad you're letting us feature the song. Today we're actually playing a song. Uh, it's Uriah Storm. The song is called Doll. Speeds the time, the season that blues are mine. So beating in a room. Run the kiss, gentle bliss in his eyes. Staring back at you. Oh, I love to go around Cause sometimes I go and just in the breeze Right up force and underneath the skies And in the pool and I must see evergreens You take my hand but you don't understand And I'm all old and can instantly fall The light in your eyes so not my deep so shine You're so precious, doll It's too kind of now, baby
outro i liked it that's it good sick. Yeah. i'm telling you man like i just want to grease my hair back and put on a leather jacket and hit the scene buddy y'all slick your ass hairs back <laughs> oh and yeah some chaps heck yeah that yeah was amazing well, i love that stuff man i, I mean, do yeah it's definitely uh you can't help but want to get up and just kind of like skank about it you know i know and like i love like the ride snares like the combo yeah. from like the 50s style music i love that stuff i don't know about you but and like you said those those uh uh, those upstrokes on the guitar that just there's something about that that's just infectious uh, in itself too so yeah i mean like for me like i'm a huge fan of like i don't know if anyone listens to dion but he's like literally like a local dion dude i mean like just it's seriously awesome. he's a wanderer man he's like a my I'm boy the wonder. yeah it's awesome and uh, yeah d- definitely go and check out the rest of his music again that was uriah storm, uriah storm that song yeah. was called doll he has a whole bunch of new singles out please go and check it out let us know what you guys think all right, Eric, uh, what do we got today for our uh, Brewski review ski here? We got a uh, line check brown porter from Eagle Park. We're yeah. doing another Muskego beer here. The old Muskegos. So what do we got here? We got a, a good winter beer, yeah. a porter we're talking about here exactly. today. See, that's the thing is I think, um, so these all came from Sendix. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, we have discussed numerous times here within the past almost three years of this podcast is that... Uh, in the winter, you want the higher viscosity, something with a little bit of thicker build, something with a nuttier kind of brown, you know, just, yeah, Take hearty. Taking her to brown town. Yo. Yo. And Yo, this brown one, town. So this one is a porter with a cocoa nibs and a vanilla. It's coming in at 6.3% alcohol by volume. Again, Eagle Park Muskego. Obviously, they've created some of the best beers we featured on here. Again, you know what I love about it? They're featuring the music in the in the uh, can here, which um, is classic for Eagle Park. You know, they uh, the the two brothers that that kind of put that whole thing together. They're also musicians. They're all about you know p- still playing live music, still playing in in a band. There's nothing that really beats that camaraderie of being able to play separate instruments together. Uh, somehow coordinated enough to make it sound like a thing. And uh, they they brought that passion right into the brewing world. And my gosh, they haven't really let us down. Uh, yeah, one of my not. one of my favorite things to drink still to this day, man, Ecto Cooler. Oh, They've man. got like two or three different varieties. Who's in the Ghost? Thing. Who's in the Ghostbuster fan too? Who are you gonna fucking call, man? High C. Remember the ectoplasm cooler? Yeah, drink the shit out of that high C. And this is the adult version of it, man. And yeah, the can is awesome. So it's featuring a whole bunch of eagles playing instruments, and obviously one of the eagles actually looks like our our good friend Sam. 
I'm not gonna lie. Like, dude, that's Is that Sam. Slam and Sam. Sam oh, Sam yeah. Arneson. That's Sam Arneson, the Eagle over here. He's mashing the skins back there. They got like a light blue Marshall amp going on. They got some guitars playing. They got like some lights on the sitch. Like they got a. It's a pretty cool can, right? It's kind of a brown toned. Just amazing. Like you're really getting um, a dessert vibe from this. Yeah, Very smooth. That cocoa nib is is coming through. You're getting that like dessert vibe. A little hint of the vanilla, the cocoa. Good dessert beer. Kind of after dinner when you're just kind of slowing down before bedtime here in the winter. Yeah. Cold. You just need that extra little pork chop in a can to warm you up. And yeah, you want to pour a little bit of chocolate cocoa nib over your uh, over your steak dinner. You know, and your potatoes. Love it. Put on your girlfriend, do some fun stuff. We're not judging here. Yeah, get crazy with the cheese whiz, why don't you? Yeah. Put wherever, however you want to. <laughs> make sure you make sure you got some tarp down before you start pouring some yeah. cocoa nibs on your girlfriend, though, bud. Do it safely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the, the biggest takeaway here. But again, yeah, this one, Eagle Park, has made nothing but phenomenal beers. This one's just another one in their lineup of gray beers. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you're really, this one is really, for me, it's you're getting that chocolatey, that vanilla, kind of like... It's almost like a Nestle's Crunch Bar in a can for me. That's exactly what I'm getting, like f- like hands down. You Which getting, is awesome. You I mean, like what more milk, could you ask you're for? You're totally getting a milk chocolate flavor, not not quite as thick as a chocolate milk, but you're getting that like chocolate milk kind of vibe. But it's also you're getting a little li- you're getting a little liquor in the system too, bud. You're, you know, you're, you're getting really just a little bit of that. You're lubing it up. You, you know, you you go you sit at the bar drinking a couple of these uh, porters. Yeah, there's a hot girl at the bar. Get a little loosened up. That that tends that ten is is approachable at this point. Yeah, it really gives you the courage to uh, go and make an ass of yourself. And uh, you know, it, rejection is just a little easier with a little bit of booze. You, you're talking about a guy in the range of maybe a five, maybe a six. You're talking about here going up to a ten. So that's like that's yeah. a pretty good that's a good level upper here. That's not bad. It's not bad at all. You got a chance. <laughs> you got to go max if you're gonna you gotta go. go. <laughs> Gotta go max it out, bud. Yeah, no one's no one's saying anything. You know, she's lonely at the bar. She's cute. She's wearing that little Louis Vuitton purse. Little out of the league, maybe a Chicago girl. You get a couple of these porters, and you know, just go up and talk to her. Be a smooth talker. Maybe make her laugh a little bit. (laughs) Get the walls down. Just you know, give her the old Rusty Wallace. (laughs) Give her an old Rusty. Put on the old Jeff Gordon and give her the old uh, Dale Earnhardt. <laughs> the, the, get, it ain't an intimidator if you don't approach it, right? Yeah. So yeah, you don't just be too do intimidated. It. But no, again, check this one out. We got this one at Sendix. It's the Eagle Park Line Check Brown Porter. You got to check these ones out. Sendix has been on fire lately. Eric, what do you think? I love it. It's a great beer. Final save from Eric. Grab a seat, gather around, join us for. How many locos you have? All right, folks, we got a crazy one today, actually, on the uh, segment we like to call How Many Locos. And me and Eric are having a little debate about this because it's to yeah. me, it's kind of a crazy one. I actually didn't realize you could get busted for this. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So uh, this one's actually uh, th- we have police body cam footage of uh, of this particular incident. Uh, if you want, go ahead and give a follow on YouTube to Code Blue Cam. Um, most of these things are from the Wisconsin area. Um, a lot of them tend to be tend to be uh, from a little on the more central Wisconsin uh, stuff. Lacrosse. Um, we're, ta- is, is we're talking like one. we're talking like Wausau area, yeah, like exactly. area, like Wausau, Wisconsin uh, Rapids, are, the Rapids. Yep, and like okay. yeah, all of those ones are are very prominently featured, uh, but. Obviously, most of this stuff is um, 
it's it's public information. You can just uh, you can uh, fill out some paperwork for uh, dash footage or to get for body cam. Basically. Yeah, okay. And and anybody can do that. This this particular YouTube channel uh, does that uh, fairly regularly in order to get this stuff and then put it out there for us to consume. Um, but this one is man asleep behind the wheel gets seventh OWI. Um, it's in Wisconsin. Um, this guy was intoxicated. He's sitting in the driver's seat. Um, he has, he obtains the keys. He has them on his person. See, so that's where like me, like if I was a lawyer, I could fight this, right? Cause this guy's in a parking lot with the, with the, it's in the winter time. He's just has the heat on. He's waiting for right. his wife to pick him up as a lawyer. If I was a lawyer, I could probably fight this one, get this guy off. But potentially, um, I think the one thing that this guy has really going against him right now is the fact that he has seven or six priors. See, see that that definitely doesn't help the situation. Like we got a backlog of DUIs here. So So no no judge is gonna look at that and think uh that this guy didn't have ill intent. He definitely was thinking criminally. He has the keys. The truck is started. He just happened to pass out in the in the vehicle with and, it running in a parking lot. And we're we're talking about pass out like his head's almost hitting the dash. He's oh uh, he's slumped over completely. Yeah. yeah. And and the and the cop knocks on the window, uh, gives a couple good raps on the fucking doesn't window. actually react, which and is... the guy doesn't even hear it at first. So like that's that's where like I actually had no clue. I mean for me like when I I've been in a situation like this in the wintertime in Wisconsin, I always keep a blanket in my trunk. Right? Yeah. So I I used to pull down the back seats and go in, in a sleeping bag just in case the cops did come. Because one time I passed out on Brady Street. I went out with some friends. Yeah. Couldn't drive home. Couldn't really get a ride anywhere because I didn't have anywhere to go. I was in Milwaukee, so I ended up pulling down the back seats, tucking into the trunk with a sleeping bag. Right. I got a ticket for parking there after hours, but it's right. better than getting a DUI, right, or hurting somebody on the road. Exactly. It, you still made a better decision to not drive. I'm not saying that this guy's at fault for doing anything. He He wasn't driving at the moment. The problem is he's got a history of it. He acknowledges, uh, you know, as soon as he steps out of the vehicle. You know he's drunk. I mean, I mean there's he, no denying. He took like 42 steps just, just to get his just balance. Just, and then he tried uh, to like put his elbow like he's cool. Like exactly. he's like freaking Clint Eastwood like, hey, bud. He's like <laughs> uh, uh, stumbling. All right. Maybe I got my balance here. How's it going, everybody? Yeah, for sure. I'm cool. I'm cool, bro. Um, bad stuff. This guy is completely hammered. Uh, he has got a, a, a legal uh, or a, a blood alcohol content that is far past the legal limit especially because of his prior offenses right it's way over his, legal limit. His, at this point he probably has a zero uh blood alcohol uh if he's going to be operating a vehicle not even 0.02 uh, he's probably at the zero alcohol le- level and w- once you get your seventh i mean you're talking very very significant Penalties here. We're, t- uh, we're talking prison about time. We're talking about sorry law here, though. If I could get this guy off, he's in Maybe. a parking lot with the heater on. It's Maybe. cold in the wintertime. I could get this guy off. We're talking about sorry law. The grease lawyer. You might you might be able to get him <laughs> off, but you're going to be getting him off in prison. He he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna be in, he's gonna be in jail when I get him out. There's no denying yeah. that he's fucked. But at the same time, like this one, like he, his argument could have worked because he's waiting for someone to pick him up, even if she wasn't coming. Because you said she wasn't coming. She he has no idea where his wife even is apparently they had gotten into some sort of a an argument they weren't really having the best night out obviously that you know that's a possibility when you're both alcoholics like these people are um you you, like you go to the bar and and guess what 
arguments are are going to happen when you get loose like that. So sorry, practice isn't going to get this guy off. That's the yeah, worst dude. fucking name. For sorry, a... sorry, and sorry. <laughs> it's not going to get this guy off. You're not getting a win here, pal. This is a fucking fail. So you uh, know, again, we don't have like the most information. We watched this guy do all of the standard field sobriety tests. He's not looking good. We watched him get out of the truck, which was basically a standardized field sobriety test. The guy couldn't keep balance whatsoever. You know what, though, he did a pretty cool pose. He's kind of like me when I puked on myself. He did and a the cool hot pose. girl was on my lap, and I puked on my chest. You were there and saw, and yeah. went, I'm cool. You said I'm cool after I puked on myself. Doesn't that mean you're cool? No. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, I totally <laughs> lost that sitch. I'm cool. No, you're not. You're not. Um, you're not looking good here, bud. So the problem is, obviously, this guy has not only the keys. The the vehicle is running uh, when the cops yeah, find him. Yeah, and that's the problem because he's actually sitting in the driver's seat with the keys in there. Yep. At the same time, like I think if you were a lawyer, you could probably get this guy off a little bit easier because Here's the because thing. he's trying to warm himself up while he's waiting for a ride. Now let's say the, he's the, not driving. He's not hurting anybody. Let's say that the the situation's slightly altered here. If he was in the passenger seat. And the vehicle is running, and the cops come over, knock on the window. He wakes up, and he goes, oh, hey, how's it going? Where am I? Just say that. And then they'll be like, well, you're sitting in this parking lot. And he'll be like, my wife was coming out in 10 minutes. What the hell happened? You know, She's the one who started the truck, told me she'd be back in 10 minutes. Maybe then you got a shot in hell. Not when you're sitting in the in the driver's seat. It ain't yeah, gonna this, work. This is this is a, this is a freaking this is the greaseball Russ in me that's saying that this this could get off though. This is the greaseball inside the, of me, man. Like this is the left shoulder demon we've talked about <laughs> in the past here. I'm I'm saying there's a maybe seven percent chance that any of that works. <laughs> you're saying there's a chance. There is a chance. All right, good. But I'm saying it is a horrible so horrible we chance. know this guy's shit faced he got he got a seventh owi i mean the prior offenses ain't helping him out anymore um you know he's he's a middle-aged man yeah and and again um it, did did he hurt anybody this time no but history repeats itself and this guy has done shit before um he's leading down a road that is bad and again i'm i'm glad that the cops were able to apprehend this in- individual. I hope now, though, that the legal system does what they're supposed to do and say, we need to get this guy off of the fucking streets. Yeah, for sure. With He's that a many... criminal, and that's what happens. So, so what do you got, Eric? We got a middle-aged man, can't walk, can't speak, fall asleep at the wheel, head hit in the dash. And this is about 4 a.m., so the bar closed two hours ago, and he is just shmammered. All of his words are mixed together, creating some new vocabulary um, that is completely, uh, you know, unintelligible. And he can't keep any balance at all. I mean, I have a number, and, and it's high. I mean, I'm, I w- I'm I wanna, just telling you right now. I don't even. I don't even have a number. I have an idea, but like, I don't even have a number. But I. I was gonna say 24. Where were you at? I'm in the 30s, man. You're going 30s again. Yeah. This is a high dog. Yeah. I mean, this guy looks just messed up. So. And he fell asleep <laughs> trying to do a task. So what do you what do you want to go here? I had a 20. You want to go like you want to meet towards 30s? Then is that what you're thinking here? I, I, don't, just, I didn't have a good idea. On this let's thing. go straight. 28 28 loco i think that's fair i mean for me it sucks if this guy's if this was his first dui or owi i think he would have got off yeah because like he's sleeping and he's being responsible he had the heat on because it's cold as balls this is january by the way then the odds so 
I give I gave you the percentage of what in this particular instance how you everything think, you looks. You think the previous DUIs are what are, what's killing him here? I think so. Okay. Yeah. If we were talking about a first offense, a first time offender, I'm thinking that those odds go all the way back up to he's probably got a good 45 percent chance of getting out of this. Obviously, the law is written in order to protect uh, the, the civilians, not the offender. So if he's going to court and they've already charged him with OWI first offense, 45% chance of him getting out of it. So Officer Sturge over here is giving me a fucking lecture on DUIs here. I'm All just right. saying. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying. It. No, it's, I'm kidding, man. I, I, I don't agree. think that. I agree. He's, I don't he's think pretty screwed. I don't fucked. think that his chances are good. So, so what do you want to go? 28 loco and you want to hammer that? I think yeah. we should go a little closer to you. I think you're right, man. I mean, he's 70 OWIs. The guy's a bigger guy, too. He's been drinking hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's a he's probably at least six feet tall, uh, maybe even taller. But he's got probably you know two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, on him. he's yeah he's a he's beefy dude. He's, I mean, he's like he's a con- built like a brick shit house. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely laid some brick. He's definitely done some contract work. Like this guy, like yeah. for being this drunk, he's definitely been going all day. Now it should be noted too that he's wearing a shirt that essentially says "fuck your feelings," uh, but it's uh, it says "your feelings" and then on the Y of your. There's a guy fucking the Y. All right. Well, that's so, pretty classy. So, Eric, let's go yeah. 28 He local. should just be in jail for that reason alone. So, Your shirt is terrible. Fashion police coming in. Woo! All right. So, we are here with Corey Ani. And uh, now, Sperino's Pepperoni Pub was always that long-time pizza joint that everybody had to visit in Walworth County. Um Tell us a little bit about what's going on right now in that immediate future uh, and what you guys have going on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we moved to Delavan uh, recently. Uh, first day open to the public was uh, a few weeks ago, January 16th. And um, we made the move uh, due to uh, a, build, a larger building over there in Elkhorn that you know, had the Monte Carlo room, had the Little Italy restaurant and uh, the pepperoni pub. And um, it was 14, around 14,000 square feet. And we were maybe utilizing four to 5,000 square feet of that building. And um, so there's a lot of, a lot of wasted overhead, things of that nature. And obviously with COVID, which, you know, has been <clears throat> such a challenge to so many industries, not just the, the restaurant bar hospitality industry but many others um we realized that we needed to get to a smaller space we really love doing pizza beer things of that nature um love love interacting with people so we open we found a property over here in delavan that um is 3,000 square feet has has some acreage so for expansion purposes if we ever want to do something in that uh, that realm we can we can look to go that way but um, just get to a more manageable location that that had less overhead and then we were also able to customize the building um, to some of the things that my wife Kristen and I thought that would be uh, a, a nice asset to the community yeah and so here we are in Delavan and the big thing you know I gotta ask right off the bat we still got the same great za right Hundred percent, still Sperino's Pizza. Awesome, and uh, the the forget about it. You still got ovens big enough to cook that monster, right? We do have uh, have the ovens to cook it. Um, 
the thing that over here that we're finding real quick is the volume has been tremendous the first few weeks we've been open. Um, in, in, in COVID happening, I don't know if you remember back, there was a cardboard shortage. So yep. for about like six months, we couldn't get the 30-inch box. Then when we could get the 30-inch box, it was priced. Uh, the increase on the price was, was crazy. And we didn't feel comfortable, um, you know, passing that that price on to our guests. So um, we 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 pared it down to a 24 inch pizza to do the um, to do a large pizza to go. We can still do the 30 inch in house. Right now, over uh, over here in Delavan, we're you know we're working out how to how to adjust to the space we have, considering we had so much space over there in Elkhorn that it was pretty easy to produce that 30 inch where over here, um, you know, it's still a little bit of a work in progress. It's, it's, it's on, it's on hiatus right now, but it will be back absolutely for, uh, for in-house guests. And in the meantime, I mean, just order a couple of the, the normal size pies. I mean, you know, it's, uh, either way you're going to get a bunch of pizza and it's going to be amazing too. That's the thing I like about it is the quality um, some of the best pizza I've ever enjoyed and, um, adding in the, the personal touches, like you said, I saw the pictures, uh, of the new floor you guys put in, obviously the bar that you created. Uh, I mean, tell me a little bit about, uh, the, the construction, uh, that had to go into that. Yeah, absolutely. We, we went through a major renovation process. Uh, probably, uh, I want to say we acquired the building, sometime April, May-ish, um, and then, you know, to do what we wanted to do, we had to extensively uh, remodel the, the space, um, you know, with, with you know, me doing a lot um, in the demolition process, along with help with, uh, you know, from people like, like Nate with Hanson Screen Printing, a good buddy of mine, he helped me, uh, John Neighbors, uh, who has boxed and burlap, yeah. he helped me a little bit as well. Um, and, and, and many other, you know, friends and, um, you know, John Markham with Markham Concrete poured our, uh, poured yeah. our patio. Um, and then, you know, with the bar, uh, we ran into a little bit of a, a challenge where uh, the gentleman we were going to use got, got a little uh, busy, so we weren't able to use him. But um, Chris Stebnitz and Stebnitz, Stebnitz Builders is a, is a friend of ours, and, and they came over and um, – Denny put in the bar and put in the beer wall and um, we're thrilled with the way that looks. Um, you know, Doug Skates with State Line Surface Solutions did the floor, you know, Lazzaroni painting, you know, after we ripped out the ceiling. And so we had we had many partners that we're, um, we're very grateful and, and thankful for. Um, you know, we, we put in a, a garage door to the outdoor patio. Um, Kohler, Mark Kohler and Kohler overhead door did that. Um, so, so, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And, um, I could, I could probably keep going for another 15 (laughs) minutes, just telling you about all the people that helped us. But, um, it's worked out to a space that we're extremely proud of and we're getting great reception and feedback from the local community, both, both new people that, um, we've never had the the chance to, to serve. And then also a lot of our familiar faces have come over from that we used to see in Elkhorn a lot as well. Awesome. And now you mentioned the beer wall. I got to ask, what do we got? What are we looking at here? What is this beer wall? Yeah. And Corey, do you, uh, do you have a favorite beer out of the beer wall you've tried? 
Well, I so the beer wall idea, um, about a year ago, we were down in Naples, my wife and kids and I, and we were visiting my cousins, and they took us out to dinner at a place called Oakenstone, and they had a 60-tap beer wall. And, um, I mean, I know you guys are, are beer guys, so it's, it's like becoming a kid in a candy store at that point. <laughs> and we were... I was, my wife was five months pregnant, so she couldn't enjoy anything, but, um, my cousins and I, we were able to, to indulge and, and have a great time. And it was at that point that I was like, you know, this would be awesome to have in our area. And, uh, so, you know, we got back and, and started researching and, um, we found, found the place we're at now. And then, you know, I guess the idea just, just flourished and, and here we are. Um, we have a 16 tap wall. Um, you know, we want to serve, we want to serve families. That's our, our, you know, our, our focal, uh, audience or guests that we're looking to serve. Um, and so in doing that, you know, we, we, we have right now, currently we have a couple seltzers, a cider, um, a few IPAs, uh, some different, uh, we got a whip beer from Mobcraft called Too Legit to Wit up there right now. Um, we got some, some ales, lagers, stouts, sours, and then we also have a couple wines on there. Um, I would say right now to answer your question, I think Eric, you asked it. Um, my favorite beer that we have up there is the, uh, the nitro stout from Doosterbeck's called, uh, back 40 Irish stout. Um, very, it's often, it, we have one nitro line, so it's off the nitro line and, um, obviously, you know. Drinking a, a stout off a nitro line compared to the CO2 is makes it much creamier, much smoother, um, and I would say it's my favorite. Uh, the other thing that is cool to me is uh, Ben and Laura over at Doosterbeck's. They, um, you know, in, in working together with them as, as much as we do, um, they made the call to this beer isn't even on 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 tap over at their, their, their tap. Oh, wow. So it's exclusive. We're the only ones. Yeah. We're the only ones that have it. They're going to be getting it on over there. Um, but if you want the back 40 nitro stout, the only place you can get it is the pepperoni pub. So, um, I would say that's my favorite. I'm, I'm also, uh, partial to, I like, I'm kind of different in the aspect that my two favorite styles are stouts and sours. Uh, we have sour monkey on from victory brewing, um, which is, is one of my favorites. Um, it's, it's potent. It's nine and a half ABV, but, um, no. so if yeah. you're not careful, if you're not careful, it can get you. But, um, so I would say those are my two favorite on the lines right now. That's awesome. I cannot wait to get down there. Obviously we've yeah. been we're, as Elkhorn natives, me and Eric ourselves and going to school there. It's just so cool to see you guys expanding. And it's, it's always been like a staple for anyone coming to that area. I mean, who doesn't say we're going to spray nose. Yeah. And I'd say, um, not only is it a staple eatery, uh, so many of our close friends got their start working there too. You know, I would say uh, Frank's, you know, grocery store back in the day and Sprino's uh, yeah. were like the two main ones. You what, know, if Dave you didn't Williams? work at Frank's, you you worked at Sprino's. There's you know? Dave Williams, Brad, like everyone oh, yeah. we knew that we went to school with all worked there. Yeah, it was so. really cool, and I, and I'm glad that you're you're continuing that. I'm sure a, a lot of the people that you have helping there are, you know, high school age or college age students, you know, which is great. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, we we definitely are continuing that tradition, and, and along those lines, you know, I, granted, I uh, I grew up and graduated from Badger over in Lake Geneva. Yeah. Um, however, when my folks first bought Sprinos in '97, when I think I was like a freshman or sophomore in high school, um, you know, I, I quickly became my my peer group. All of a sudden, I had my my work peer group from Alcorn, where you know, to this day, um, my my high school peer group that I'm tight with, I'm just as tight with my my work peer group from you know from back in the day at Sperino. So, um, it's it's pretty neat to to, to have those long lasting friendships, relationships that you know you get to carry on on forever. And you know, you mentioned David Williams, you mentioned Brad. I'm assuming you mean Brad Kirkpatrick. Yep. Um, you know, I, whenever Brad still comes in every once in a while, and you know we 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 chop it up like like old times. So um, it's one of those things that it's just nice to have those th- those relationships because that's what this business is all about. Yeah, and it's it truly is the the tradition uh, isn't gone. It just it moved and and to bigger, brighter futures, which is awesome. And um, it's only a hop, skip, and a jump for anybody that was in the Elkhorn area anyway. Um, beautiful new location that you've done amazing work to. I mean, you can't even recognize uh, that old building anymore. It is it is totally revamped, and um, that garage wall, the, the garage door from Kohler, I can't wait to see that thing in action this summer. Uh, we're definitely going to be down there, and uh, we'll make sure to stop over and uh, grab a beer off the 16-tap line. I mean, that's amazing. And, uh, of course, the, the best pizza around. Absolutely. We, uh, we, we'd love to have you guys out whenever, uh, whenever you make it, make it this way and um, really appreciate the time and, and, and talking to us and, and um, sharing our story. Um, we're, uh, we're excited, and things are going off to a bang to start so we're uh, looking to keep going and and continuing to offer the community in walworth county uh, a great spot for pizza and beer all right Corey, thank you so much and uh for those listening stop out pepperoni pub you know you know the spot All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.